sorry, my my computer thought I was talking to it. Oh, my laptop just went, I'm listening. Oh, I don't know what I said that sounded like, hey, Siri. But anyway. I don't have an answer for that. Sure. <laughs> Sir. Also, also does your Siri have a British accent? Irish. Oh. It's an Irish man who talks to me. Uh, I, I'm already married to an Australian, so I don't need an Australian Siri. Ready graphics? Ready theme? Good evening. For your information tonight. A few years ago, they even added a whole women's section. It was actually Candace Bergen's idea. You created the Five Timers Club women's section? Oh, it's got everything. It's got showers, a locker room, a big portrait with the eyes cut out so Martin Short can peek in. Hi, it's Lauren. And it's Jesse. And we wanted to just drop a special episode to say hi. Hello again. Have you missed us? We've missed you so much. <laughs> so you may have noticed on our social media, on our, our personal accounts, our shared uh, podcast account, that a little uh, set of strikes happened that uh, put us on a, a wee hiatus. A little bit of a wee hiatus. A wee, the weest of hiatuses. Oh, put that on a shirt. <laughs> So officially, the new contract has been voted on by the membership of SAG-AFTRA, mm -hmm. and it was confirmed, and we now can officially go on. And when I say we, I mean the collective industry. Even though you may have noticed that a lot of shows have went back into production, people were told that they could talk about entertainment on social media again, that they could promote themselves. It was sort of like an interim sort of time. This is just officially that everything has been approved. Although what's funny is that it's a three-year contract, but because it took so long to happen, it's technically a two-and-a-half-year contract. Sure is. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who was confused, the strike did end on an interim basis. So when we all said the strike is over and people were back to promoting, some of the confusion was the fact that it needed to be ratified by the members of SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. So what just recently happened is that the members voted and the the contract has been ratified. So we are we are good to go officially. Yes. There's no chance of that we're going to back away from this interim agreement to go back on strike. Yes. Now, something that I thought would be interesting to just mention to the audience is that this was a very important strike. I think a lot of people might have been confused as to why it went on for so long. Mm -hmm. A lot of that had to do with AI. And so to bring it back to history, I mean, obviously, we have talked about um, the 1988 strike and the history of Murphy Brown and how important that is. But something that I didn't even realize that I found out during this strike is that a lot of people have compared this strike to the 1960 strike. And what yeah. was important about the 1960 strike was that that is when residuals started. Mm -hmm. Because you had a new technology, which was television. Mm -hmm. It had been around for, you know, 10 to 12 years, give or take, depending, right? And mm -hmm. now all of a sudden people were realizing all of the money that was being lost because of re-airing. I mean, I think a lot of people mm -hmm. don't realize that after a film, for example, was in theaters, you couldn't see it again. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. saw something in 1945, unless they re-released it, you would never see that film again unless you had seen it when it was originally running. Yeah, and I think also the important thing is the reminder that without residuals, the artists in front of and behind the camera, who basically the people who are not the executives, mm -hmm. are no longer making money. 
they don't continually make money off of this unless there is a residual type of package. So the studios can keep making money on things as they keep airing it, as they keep getting promo, that kind of stuff. But the artists are usually paid once yeah. for a lot of projects. And so the concept of residuals is to keep people employed for the work that is still generating funds. And I think something that's just important within this concept that you are bringing up is the fact that we now accept residuals as a given. Exactly. That is not possible unless they had the strike they did. So the same idea that in 20 years, the things that we are putting in place to protect from AI, to protect from being taken advantage of in a streaming platform, those will become a given because strikes like this happened. But it has to happen before it's going to be accepted as the norm. Yeah. I mean, you could have an actor, a journeyman actor who is working all the time mm -hmm. and you think, oh, they're successful. They're doing well. But they're only really being paid either once. It, it may look on paper. Oh, they got paid a lot of money for that. But that's it. That might be all they get all year just yep. because of the nature of the industry. And so mm -hmm. because so many shows were on streaming, but they were people were being paid as if it was like, you know, a YouTube show in 2004, mm -hmm. people weren't able to actually make a living. And I think that that also kind of goes into the a whole other conversation about Nepo Babies and why that was getting a lot of traction um, yeah. and why a lot of people felt like doors were being closed in their face because they couldn't afford to be in this industry. You know, you have to remember yeah. that not everybody is Tom Hanks or Julia Roberts. Mm -hmm. So an interesting piece of history about television, which is what we like to talk hey, about on this, on this show. Just, we're just here, over here, hanging out, making history day every day. That is a great quote. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we are recording the rest of season three. As we speak, we have just taken a break from doing so to record this to say hi. Hello. We wanted to let you know that we are really excited. Some episodes that we have just been waiting to share with you. <gasps> oh, my God. We are recording right now. It's, as you all know, season three is one we've been dying to get to. So of course, <laughs> taking the weas hiatus was uh, very, very important, but also agony because we've yes. been waiting to talk about Painful these Painful was the word I was going to, to, <laughs> to suggest to people. Yes. So we are recording right now and then launch the new season in the new year. The, the tales of season the third. <laughs> season the third. <laughs> um, in the meantime... Something happened last week that really, I, I don't know why it just blew up our, our personal uh, text conversation. I don't know what that could have been. Yes, as predicted. Uh, so we weren't surprised. We were just excited. Mm -hmm. Candace Bergen appeared on another five-timer sketch in Emma Stone's monologue with Tina Fey mm -hmm. to induct Emma into the five-timers club. I was so happy. I just, one, seeing Candace, two, seeing Candace with Tina and Emma made me particularly excited because these are three women in comedy that I am particularly enthralled by. Emma Stone has had some of my favorite hosting gigs yeah. over the last several years. I She's just such a solid host. And I think in a way that really reminds me of Candace as a host, which is somebody who came in and was just excited to play and really yeah. was willing to do whatever they wanted to make what was funny. And so it was very fun to see those two next to each other and of course the wonderful tina yeah i mean uh, i think people sort of forget or maybe aren't aware of how the show works snl necessarily and you know a host can say no to stuff 
They mm-hmm. can say no for many reasons, whether it makes them uncomfortable or they don't think it's funny or uh, it, they feel it might be bad for their persona or something. And the best hosts tend to be people like Emma Stone, like Candace, who don't care about looking silly, who commit and will go, hey, you know, maybe I don't get how funny this is or this is really out there, but I'm just going to put my entire body into it and commit mm-hmm. to it. And that's what I think makes a good host. If you watched Emma's most recent episode, entire body into it is a very apt description. Uh, yes, that's true. Also, also, uh, shameless plug, if you want to talk more about hosting SNL, the history of, I don't know, one Candace Bergen with SNL, we have a, a Patreon episode that we recorded. Yes, we do. Our November Patreon, which will be available to Mm -hmm. anyone, even if you sign up in December or January or February, and all the money goes towards supporting the podcast and actually literally helping us produce the podcast. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we went through the history of Candace on SNL. We talked about our favorite uh, sketches, specifically behind the scenes things, quotes from Candace about her experience and just how important she was to the fundamental beginning of SNL and how much SNL was important really to her career. Yes. It was, we had a lot of fun talking about it. I think we could have talked for even longer. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a longer Patreon episode than we have ever done, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we both were such SNL fans and we're such Candace fans. And also just diving into the history of her impact and the growth of the the concept of the Five Cameras Club and her relationship, her actual personal relationship with the show and with the showrunners is uh, very, very fascinating. Yeah, no, agreed. And that was one thing that I really loved and appreciated about this particular Five Timers Club. And I know in the mm-hmm. past we have had, oh, well, there's a, a, I was going to say a limited number, but there aren't that many female members of the t- Five Timers Club. Candace nope. is the first. Candace is also the first female host of SNL ever and the first recurring host of SNL where she was invited mm-hmm. back. And so in all the other sketches, even if it is sort of female centric, Candace doesn't tend to be the lead on it. It doesn't tend to be about Mm -hmm. her. She just sort of is there, which don't get me wrong. I still love. Yes. But to see her, I mean, maybe this is just my perspective and I'd love to hear what you think, Jesse, but this Mm -hmm. particular sketch was centered around Candace, I felt. Mm -hmm. And to see that and to show how important she is. And obviously, you know, we'll we'll put the the link to this the sketch if everyone has not already seen it, but I'm going to assume if you love Candace, you've probably already seen it. It's really the crux of the sketch is about the fact that she created a women's only section of the Five Timers Club because she's been there for so long. (laughs) Yeah, it really it's in a very amusing way, genuinely honored the fact that she was the first. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a really lovely full circle. I also think there was something really endearing about the fact that she clearly holds a different status Mm -hmm. as Candace Bergen. And as this when you watch the way that Emma hugs Tina and then like very respectfully, like doesn't go for the big giant hug to Candace, kind of just does like the cheek kiss. And you could just see her her body language change from like, oh, Tina Faye to like, hello, Candace Bergen. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Like there's very, there's very much like an honoring and reverence of it. And you can tell it's not like a lack of warmth. It's not like that Candace doesn't want to be hugged. You can just tell that there's this very lovely kind of generational respect. Yes, no, I agree. That I, I just loved seeing it. And I loved seeing 
I loved seeing the other two be amused by Candace's quips. Yes. It was it's it's very it's very sweet. It's short it's short and sweet and I yeah. I really loved it. And and also uh, a non-Candace moment that I love which we talked about on the Patreon is that I love when the show gets referential to itself and mm-hmm. like mocks Lorne or when Steve Martin does it. And so I screamed <laughs> because I love those concepts so much is uh when Emma talks about how she met her husband on SNL and he's <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't like the spotlight because he's not a performer. And then they're like, say hi, honey. And it's it's Lauren Michaels. And it's not just <laughs> Lauren Michaels. It's Lauren Michaels holding a glass of champagne, which is always <laughs> my favorite little thing. Oh, yeah. He's Lord, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> they just standing there uncomfortably holding champagne. Yeah. Yeah. So I always good. love when they do that. Uh, in fact, I think the only time that they don't ever cut to Lauren where he doesn't have a glass of champagne is when Tracy Morgan is there and he's waiting on Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like, sir? Would you like a Coke? What can I get you? <laughs> so good. I appreciate the juxtaposition of sort of mocking his stature on the show, yes. but also the idea of people like him and Steve Martin um, going against the idea that they're these Hollywood buffoons, which they're obviously yes. not. And I that always tickles me to no end. Mm-hmm. Also, even though it was a really funny joke for trivia, Tina Fey is not the second youngest, but... She is the third youngest woman in the Five Timers Club because we have Scarlett Johansson and Melissa mm-hmm. McCarthy and Drew Barrymore, who are all younger than Tina Fey. But mm-hmm. it is a really good joke. And among men, John Mulaney is also younger than Tina Fey. Anyway, I don't want this to be about me just naming people who are younger than Tina Fey. Uh, Jonah Hill. I want to say Paul Rudd, but probably not. Also, Candace had a ventriloquist joke, which is hilarious. Yeah, it was delightful. Uh, let us know what you think. Yes, uh, speaking of letting us know what you think. <gasps> oh, what a transition. Jesse. Thank did, you so much. She didn't write I, that down, guys. That was like a brilliant I, transition. I, I'm i a professional. You really um, are. So something that we want to use this time for as we are gearing up to bring you the new season is we wanted to ask your opinion. So when we started the podcast, we, we've talked about this at length, that the the first season of Murphy Brown was the only season that was available to watch. Uh, And it was only available on a box set. So on DVD, or if you already owned it. Because of that, and because it was not streaming and readily available, we have always formatted our episodes to be very detailed recaps, because we can't assume that you're able to watch and follow along with us, especially once we reach season two. Something that we have talked about is the fact that some people are perhaps able to get a hold of episodes to watch along with us. A web-hosted way to access these episodes, but that may or may not remain. We, we don't know if that will always be available. And we are curious, and we will be posting a poll for all of you when this episode drops. So as you are listening to it right now, there is a poll available where we want to know, are you interested in us continuing to give detailed recaps of kind of the blow by blow of each scene and then uh, expanding upon that with sidebars? Or are you more interested in us doing a more generalized recap of scene and spending more of our time in the discussions that are inspired from them? And those are our favorite parts, honestly. But we also mm-hmm. want to be sure that you're able to keep up and that we don't lose mm-hmm. you if you're not as familiar with the episode. So we are open to both. Obviously, we we love to chat about it. And I think even if we do a, a general overview, we're probably going to talk about some moment to moment. But we, we are curious. Do you have a preference? So we're going to put these polls out for you. There are two ways for you to find these polls. If your podcast app that you were listening to right now has a poll option, You're going to see it in your podcast feed. If the app that you are listening to 
does not have a poll feature, then you will go to our Instagram where we will have the poll listed there. Yes. And if for some reason you you were busy that week and the polls are no longer active in either place, please reach out to us either by commenting on the post of this episode on our Instagram or email us. Our Instagram is at murphybrownpod and our email is murphybrownpod at gmail.com. We would love to know your thoughts. We are always looking for your feedback and your opinions. We want to bring the show to you that you want to listen to. And with that in mind, we also would like to know some other thoughts. Lauren? Yes. So we're always looking for ideas that excite people for our Patreon. So we would love to hear from you, whether you are on our Patreon or not. What specials would you like us to do? And when we say specials, here are some of the things that we put on our Patreon. Cut moments, because we record for much longer, (laughs) much longer than you actually hear. And going into season three, uh, it's a lot. We have a lot to say. So far, they're extra long. So you would get extras like that. Each month, a special topic. Previous topics have been the life of Edgar Bergen, Candace Bergen's father, the mentioned SNL. We did an episode on the actors on Murphy Brown's commercial career and the history of that. I have sat down with a Sondheim expert to talk about Charles Kimbrough's experience working with Stephen Sondheim and how important those musicals were that he was in, as well as uh, Jesse and I did actually speak with a vaudeville historian to talk about Candace's father. So... Whether it's the two of us or an expert that we bring in, uh, we also have some really cool uh, videos like documentaries and interviews that aren't on YouTube as part of our archives that we've posted. So we'd love to not just hear what you like to see based on the things that I've mentioned, but also topics that you might like us mm-hmm. to cover, sort of adjacent topics to Murphy Brown. Yeah, we have some wish list topics that we've been working on finding either information or guests for. So, and we would love to hear the types of topics that you would like us to research or just gab about that we're excited. So to recap, the asks we have of you in this little hello episode is we are looking for you to interact with our poll either on your app, if it is available there, or on our social media on Instagram at murphybrownpod. If for some reason you cannot access those polls, please message us either directly through the Instagram or through our email murphybrownpod at gmail.com. Also, please let us know if there are Patreon topics that you would like us to cover. We are anything that is mildly adjacent to Murphy Brown or the creators therein, we are probably excited to talk about. So if it is one that we have not covered or you haven't heard us kind of say, oh, maybe we should talk about that in an episode, please reach out to us and say, hey, you always said you were going to talk about this thing. Can you please let us know? Because if you're excited about it, we're going to prioritize that. Okay, so thank you so much for listening. We miss you all and we can't wait to come back. You can, of course, follow us on social media. On Instagram, we will be posting tons of clips of Candace, of the show. So you can definitely still revel in Murphy Brown and talk to us about Murphy Brown. We're so happy to be able to now talk about Murphy Brown. Yes, we are so excited to share the season with you. We are already, the first few episodes alone, we're already just tickled to hear your thoughts and hear for you to hear our thoughts because oh do we have many so we are very much looking forward to sharing that with you we hope you have a wonderful end of your year and welcome to 2024 we're so excited to chat with you then and we'll see you next year for another edition of fyi the murphy brown podcast that was so good i'm like in awe of you (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like when people say they'll like acting with Meryl Streep and then they forget their line. I, that's oh. I, <laughs> oh my God, she likes so succinctly. That was the perfect end. I'm sorry. 